Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For your own pleasure, a well-hidden treasure. Pizza Chocadero. We serve delicious gourmet pizza with daily made dough, homemade sauce, and fresh toppings cut by hand. Ask us for our 2-1 special. Pizza Chocadero. Open weekdays till 9, weekends until 10. Located at 7 Municipal, north of College in Edinburgh. Proud to be an independent family-owned business. Call 519-829-2444. Or visit chocadero.ca. Creative Control with Vish Khan. Hello and welcome to episode 258 of Creative Control. On this episode, a conversation with Shotgun Jimmy. Jimmy is a prolific and talented singer, songwriter, and musician who currently lives in Brandon, Manitoba. Over the past 10 years or so, Jimmy has emerged as one of the most beloved figures in indie rock, and he's been touring a bunch in support of his latest record, Field of Trampolines, which is out now via You've Changed Records. He's crossing Canada and Europe over the next few months, including a May 28th Toronto show at the Monarch Tavern and a June 3rd show in Guelph at the E-Bar. That's all in the next little while. He's got way more shows than those. Go to shotgunjimmy.net for complete information because he's touring very extensively across Canada and, as I say, Europe over the next little while. Now, Jimmy and I caught up uh, on the last day of the Lanya Vanya Festival in St. John's, Newfoundland, just a few weeks ago in the early part of May. And we were in a very... We, we planned to speak, and when we finally uh, set up the mics, we thought we'd talk outside, but it was very windy, and we were in the harbor, so it's a windy episode. I think you'll be able to hear us. There's just a little bit of wind. You're, you are going to be... I know you'll be able to hear us. Why would I say, I think, before... The show's even begun, but it's just a little windy. But anyway, it's a good conversation. You'll hear new music from uh, Field of Trampolines and a whole lot more. So here it is, myself and Shotgun Jimmy. Grass vodka or the show. 
show that Pahoda put on in Bratislava Kicking round Kreuzberg Eating a halloumi and falafel sandwich Sucking back oysters Back in St. John's on the granite planet Join the band St. John's, Newfoundland, together again. We are it. It's true. Okay. I haven't taken a photo of you yet this time. I usually I take a photograph. Yeah, I have of taken, me. Yeah, specifically, you usually take a photograph of me. I, well, I have several photos of you in St. John's. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that I'm you collecting. do. I feel like there's one on my Instagram of you and uh, Simone Schmidt. That's right. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. Well, uh, the the day is still young. We're all, we're at the end of the festival here, Lanya Banya. Which, how's it been going for you? It's been fantastic. I haven't played, well, I just played a very short three-song set. But other than that, I've been in town for five days and haven't played yet. I've just been going to <laughs> concerts and yelling and screaming and show-talking to people and having a great time. You're, you're back at the uh, ship tonight, which is uh, a haven for you. You've played there before. Yes. At least the last, or was the last time you were here was for the last La that you were Correct, here? Correct, yeah, three yeah. years ago. And the ship is a, it's a lovely venue it's i think it's it's probably my favorite place to see shows it's just a cozy right yeah oh yeah it's beautiful in there we uh we had a discussion and i embarrassed myself on stage as the mc because you had i had suggested it had a particular smell uh, but and that was a moment the context was nostalgia <laughs> but when you brought it onto the stage i think that was that slipped away somehow and it just you just talking about how this place really smells. <laughs> <laughs> but I tried to explain that it is a good smell. It's not necessarily a bad smell. It's a distinctive smell. Yeah, yeah. I think that nostalgia, yeah, you're right. In the wrong hands, in the wrong context, <laughs> it just seems like uh, insulting or weird. Yeah. And that's a lot of my aesthetic, really. It's <laughs> just making things a little awkward. Well, I think, yeah, and awkward is a way of keeping it real. Keeping it awkward is keeping it real. I think often people will say a thing to me just as I go on stage, and then it's just the, my brain is just, it's on the dock, you know? It's like the last thing that was there. And so it just comes out no matter how appropriate it is. It and really I've been burned by that that trait of yours in the past. Have you? Yes. Oh no, can you recall the exact situation? Well, you know, it was so embarrassing last time, I don't know why I'm bringing it up during oh, this no. interview. I just like to know what I've said so that I can repent. Well, I, right before you went up on stage, I said something about Lanya Vanya, more like lasagna f Oh no. Yeah. To me, you said that. I did. Well, or you were in earshot or something, and then... Then I said, I repeated you said, it. Well, you said, hey, everybody, welcome back to second night of Lanya Vanya, it. or as Shotgun Jimmy likes to say, <laughs> and just like a spotlight came on me, <laughs> everyone looked over at me. <laughs> And then the stupid thing that I said, just, and it was just a play on words. I wasn't trying to be misogynist or... Uh, oh, I never even thought of maybe. that. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. That's hilarious. I like that you, you your memory of slights and awkward <laughs> things is it's a steel trap. You remember everything. Well, except I can't remember names very well. Oh. But that, yeah. That's fine. But you remember, like, you remember things that I've said in... 
I haven't. That's a thing of mine where I'll say something horrible like that, and then I'll forget, and you'll remember. People I, like you remember. I think you're blessed <laughs> that I forget all the stupid <laughs> stuff I say. Yes. Well, I mean, that's uh, sort of a was a funny joke. I'm sorry I made you awkward, but I mean, it made you feel awkward. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like you tend to keep things real as well on stage, don't you? I try to. Flaws and all, like you, you embrace. Cause you've done, are you doing the one-man band tonight? I'm not. I'm playing with John McKeel. Okay. Partially because I know I knew they were putting me in the ship, and I wanted to be standing, and because it just gets so crowded in there. If I do the one-person band, you just can't see what's going on. Yeah. You see the top of my head bobbing along. Well, for people who haven't seen it, the one-man band configuration of Shotgun Jimmy includes many of the instruments of a four-person band. Yeah, bass or, amp, guitar amp, drum kit. Yeah, and you're doing everything at once. Yeah. There's got to be a certain level of fulfillment with doing that, right? Yeah, it, it's. It, I do it because I have to, because I can't afford to bring people along. But it and turns out it's also really fun. It's a fun spectacle. Oh, that's good. But like it, physically, because you play all these instruments. Mm, I wonder if it's. Sometimes I worry that it's gimmicky or something to you know be like juggling during your act. Yeah. You know, because right. I like I. I care about songwriting and uh, performance more than it. Well, and I, I think clowns are cool and stuff, but I just don't want to be. It's not necessarily what I want to align myself Do with. Do you ever fear that people think of you as a, some kind of novelty act? Uh, well, I, I think about it. It's definitely a, a, a concern of mine. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they do. I hope they don't. You've given yourself a, a kind of a funny moniker Shot, know, yeah. Shotgun Jimmy, and now it's there. You can't get rid of it. Yeah. Do you ever res do you ever like ah? Oh. Think about changing it? Oh yeah. Some of your peers, uh, colleagues like uh, Mike Foystack changed his name from from Snail House to himself. He's now Michael Foystack. And then Steve Lamke, yep. your close friend, is Steve Lamke. He's not Baby Eagle anymore. Stephen Lamke. He's Stephen Lamke. Yes, yeah. it's more even more formal. Yes, sorry. So I don't know. What do you think that's w in your opinion? What's happening with people like that where they're like? coming into a point in their careers and of, of, a, of an age where they're like, I gotta be me. Do you mm -hmm. ever feel like, do you see yourself being Jim Kilpatrick at some point? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Jim Kilpatrick sounds too much like McDonald McDermott. Sounds like a shop teacher. Oh. Go, go see Mr. Jim, well, you call oh. him Mr. Kilpatrick, I guess. Oh yeah, Mr. Kilpatrick. I think I had a shop teacher named Mr. Kilpatrick. Oh. That's why I think of that. I, I always think of Bill Callahan and Smog oh, yeah. when I go. think about that name change. You do it at the right moment, and and uh, I think I I think it really worked well with Stephen Lampke too. Like that record that he made, his most recent album really does feel distinctly different from the Baby Eagle stuff, even though it's coming from the same guy. Yeah. So so and I think for Mike Foystack as well, it was just sort of mm -hmm. the same thing. Oh yeah. So maybe if the sensibility of your music changed that, that might it. trigger okay yeah. that's interesting i didn't mean to say trigger and shotgun that was was bad that's a bad pun that i highlighted yes i kinda, like it i kinda, think it's i wouldn't describe it as a bad pun kind of awkwardly well, okay i enjoyed during the talk show the other night how quickly your guest said rough to you after oh yeah i made a dog joke or something yeah you made a dog joke and he went rough rough yeah and, you, and then you were like yeah it is difficult <laughs> <laughs> but that was like so fast it was really really quick uh, re yeah rapport. i like doing that talk show you're a fan of you're a fan of comedy right yeah i love well 
I like comedy, but I don't follow it or pursue it necessarily. Well, you're funny on stage. There's a certain charm and wit to all of your music, I'd say. Oh, thanks. Like, is that that's your outlet for that? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. You're not someone who pra- wants to. Pr- <laughs> We're in an age where everyone thinks they're hilarious. Oh yeah. So you're not. You're not going down that road. No, no. I di- I have done stand-up comedy twice. Oh. Uh, but when I was just out of high school or still in high school, I went to the open stage at Yuck Yucks in Toronto. Really? Yeah. You wrote a set? I wrote a couple sets, yeah. I did two different sets. They were terrible. Can you remember any of the jokes? Um, like, I, know, uh, I know they were awkward and embarrassing for you, but I'm sure... No, they're not even entertaining. Okay, well, yeah, here, yeah. the reason I ask is because that's a... The fact that you did that is... That's a... That speaks to an impulse within you. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that you... That's brave, even. And you're... Would you say just out of high school? Yeah. And you went to high school in, like, Ajax or... Yeah. Ajax, right? Yeah. Ontario? Yeah. So you got out of high school and you didn't know what you wanted to do and you went to do stand-up. That's like about the bravest thing in the arts that you can probably okay. do. Okay. Well, I died. It was called Crash and Burn Mondays and I really crashed. But the, again, that's fine. That's what those things are for. I mean, people, I, I don't think, they're looking for the next, was there anyone else who was really funny? Well, like, uh, there were, Sean Magenbert, Magender or whatever Magender? was there. And, uh... He was one of the hosts, or what, I think. Oh, but, okay. Like, it was neat to see him, I guess, when he was, he was coming up then. Yeah. And uh, who else? I recognize some people from television. He obviously uh, had something, Sean. Yeah, he, he... He was professional, basically. At that point, he, I think he might have been touring. Like, this was the late 90s. And, yeah, he would have been... But he did seem... Like, he was emerging. He was just a... You know, it was like seeing a band before they get famous yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Isn't he from St. John's, Newfoundland? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a weird Yeah, all his content back then was definitely ab- about being uh, a visible minority <laughs> coming from <laughs> Newfoundland, yeah, if this, I recall. I, I find uh, I don't feel, uh, you know, this is a small community. I, I don't want to generalize because I'm sure there's people who aren't, but I feel really welcome here. I mean, given that I am a visible minority, I'm sometimes self-conscious about it when I go to remote places or smaller towns or cities mm-hmm. but uh is your vibe i mean you obviously have a different uh, perspective on it than i might but do you, do you find that this place is particularly nice and friendly i do i also think that it could be e- equally intimidating to everyone <laughs> like, right with the more intim- like the side the rougher edges around town i think you know i don't think they're I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah but it does seem like because you've you've lived in the, where are you living now? You're living in Brandon, Manitoba. Manitoba, but you spent a considerable amount of time in Sackville, New Brunswick. Correct. Yeah. Which also I found, or I find, I find when I go there, uh, open, welcoming, mm-hmm. friendly place. Something about the Maritimes, the east coast of Canada, that seems to have this reputation of being uh, welcoming, friendly people, progressive people on some level. I don't know what why that some is. of it I think is just social cues like the idea of saying hi to someone when you walk past them on the street I think that's just learned social behavior and it doesn't necessarily mean that people are more friendly oh. they're just accustomed to that kind of that behavior but then it translates to people from away uh, as this ridiculous friendly behavior right like that you can see someone be like why the hell are these people saying hello to me we don't yeah yeah right i'm like oh everyone's so nice here saying hi to me all the time or or the thing like where they st- traffic will stop yeah 
to let you cross the street. Whether you're at a crosswalk or yeah. not, if you, they see you on the curb, they'll let you jam. And I think it's dangerous when they do that. <laughs> I don't see that as kindness. I see that as stupidity. I actually have you to know? agree with you. Yeah. I don't think you should just suddenly be stopping a car because someone ahead of you decided to let someone cross And especially street. if you're letting someone short pass you, oh, like a child yeah. or something, another vehicle, like, well, that per thing or person is walking in front of your vehicle, that another person well, wouldn't see that who's driving by put a fair amount of thought into i have this. thought about it yeah I can, and i also have can, thought about inertia too you know like if you're standing on the side of the road you're not yeah. moving right the vehicle is moving so let it continue yeah. that force and then you exactly start yours it's not like there's a lot of traffic here right <laughs> no like no if one car is coming you should probably just let it go and then you have a lot of open road to jay well yeah, yeah anyway so yeah i think they're just small uh cultural tweaks that make it seem like it's super friendly but they're really just the same as everyone else yeah a lot of people i think thought you were from uh the maritimes this the from sackville because that's where your uh, sort of public uh persona if you will your public life seemed to really go originate there but mm -hmm. truth is you're from as we say you're from ajax ontario yeah what was your uh, life like in ajax it was great it was uh I grew up in the suburbs, deep in the suburbs, and there wasn't a lot going on. So I think it meant that we had to, me and my friends had to make up stuff to do. So we started playing in bands and, you know, making up goofy games like scavenger hunts around town and stealing squeegees from the gas station and throwing them in a tree and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> Frank, Frankie kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Like harmless stuff, but creative nonetheless. So I, feel, I, I look back at that as being a fortunate place to grow up. You know, it wasn't hard. And it was boring, but it wasn't really boring because we just came up with stuff to do. Ajax is like 40 minutes east of Toronto. Yeah. And it's I, I, it's beside Oshawa. It's part of Oshawa. I don't get it. No, it's, not. It, it's just another one along. It's just another. But, one of those ones along Lake Ontario. But you along have a the 401. kinship with the Oshawa people? I do. I do because it was the next big thing to me. It was, you had to go through Whitby to get there, but... Whitby! That's yeah. the other, so so like, Ajax, Whitby, Oshawa, right? Yeah, right. Bo Bowmanville, Curtis. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> but I mean, like we... I sort of, the first... I started going to bars in Oshawa, because you could drive you could drive there in 15 minutes or something. Yeah. And going into Toronto, well, it's more intimidating in the city, because it's so big. And then you got to take the GO train, or drive for 40 yeah, minutes, right. or whatever. So I did start playing in Oshawa, playing music. And I met the Barrett brothers... Who are from Oshawa um, around that time too. Who are they exactly? The Barrads? Jay and Jesse Baird yeah. and Bryden Baird. They some Osh fine Oshawa men, but also musicians, you know. They're play. like super good musicians. Yeah. They often collaborate with people like uh, Feist. Yes. Anybody else? Uh, the guy from the Bare Naked Ladies who got kicked out of the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, uh, Stephen Page. Yeah, yeah, they play with that guy. They play, they play with that guy. Yeah. They're, they're like top-notch musician dudes. Yeah, yeah. And they're older than you? They're older, yeah. Jay was doing his practical placement for teachers college at my high school. So I met him in high school, and then we promptly violated the student-teacher relationship <laughs> <laughs> in every province in the country. Okay, uh, that sounds sorted. All right. Yeah. You're okay, though. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, so he was Jay the first person you really started sort of jamming with? Yeah, I started to... Well, no. He recommended... I told him I wanted to take drum lessons, and he recommended his brother. So I started going into the city. This is while I was still in high school. I'd go in and take drum lessons with Jesse 
And then those guys were playing a show in Ajax at this infamous uh, venue, the Chameleon Cafe. Okay. Where I used to see uh, like Mean Red Spiders and uh, the Do Make Say Think guys. I forget what their band was called back then. Spoon Bender or something? Yeah, uh, yeah that sounds right. I don't know if that was their band, but like I, those guys, all those dudes, Justin Smalls and Marco Lindini and stuff. Charles? But, Spearin? No? No, I don't think he came out to those shows so much. I also saw Project 9 play at the Chameleon Cafe. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, Jay and Jesse had a band called Drummer, and they were playing at the Chameleon Cafe, and they asked me to sit in. So I sat in, and then I ended up joining the group, and then I moved into Toronto, played with those guys for a few years. Oh, you lived in Toronto? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, after high school for maybe two or three years and then Jay and I both moved out to Sackville in 2000 and I've sort of then I was sort of on and off staying in Sackville from 2000 till 2011 okay so you you and Jay move out there and and did you start a band well we continued with drummer we wrote stuff for drummer, drummer. and then we t- it, we t- trimmed it down to a two-piece where we'd trade off playing drums and guitar and was that the birth of Shotgun and Jaybird? No, uh, I went up to the Yukon to visit Fred, and he was up there, and then Fred started a band where we traded off drums and guitar. Fred Squire. Yeah. Right, okay. And so Fred played in drummer for a while, too. So they were they were really connect- interconnected in, in was, some ways. But was Jay Baird not the inspiration for the pun, Jaybird? No. It was a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, and it, yes. That has been confusing for some people. Can you, can and for me, because people were like, oh, I was at a party and I saw Jaybird last night. And I'm like, who's Jaybird? <laughs> Jaybird doesn't exist. I'm like, oh, they mean Jay Baird. Yeah. <laughs> but you are, the, the, to add to the confusion, when did you take on the moniker Shotgun Jimmy? In high school. In high, in high school? Yeah, and it was sh- like getting in the shotgun position of the car. You became Shotgun That was one of our fun and interesting, entertaining (laughs) games that we came up with. Who got Shotgun? Yeah. A lot of high school kids did that. You call it Shotgun. I don't know where that... Do you know the... Did you ever look into... Yeah, I did. It's like riding in a car... Not a carriage. Like a... Yeah, I guess a carriage. With a horse? With a horse. No, stagecoach. Stagecoach. And then the person on the left has got the reins. Uh And then the person on the right has the shotgun. Oh, an actual shotgun. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) To fend off... Uh, whoever people that would, have a would, right to the land that they're stealing uh, yeah. or whatever you know <laughs> right oh okay I don't know right. I don't know yet yeah, I don't like the gun part the mo- the biggest problem isn't that shotgun Jimmy's a goofy name it, goofy name it's just there's a gun thing there which you're not a gun I guy. wasn't no but it, in high school it was really entertaining to to race each other and uh, wrestle yeah. and like get the shotgun yeah yeah we all did that and we there was yeah so I was and I took it really seriously apparently and I mean, it could be worse. There could have been another weird car, car game inspiring your name. You could be Chinese Fire Drill Jimmy. Oh, yeah, which would be way worse. It would be way worse <laughs> if you were Chinese Fire Drill Jimmy, I would say. Yeah, definitely. So shotgun Jimmy's not that bad. No. But, I mean, we are living in an age where, you know, it's we've come to a, certainly maybe past a tipping point when it comes to gun violence. And, yeah. and here you are, Shotgun Jimmy. Yeah. Anyway. And it's tough, too, when you go into, like, a real, a real rough bar and... And they were like, oh, you're Shotgun Jimmy. And oh, the local guys, you. well, are just, yeah. <laughs> they don't like that I've got my the, their thing in my name oh, or something. Right, right. Well, you did come across, I think, as, as sort of rural uh, in your in your demeanor, I think, maybe. That that might have contributed to, like, did people thought you were, like, a cowboy, a country guy, like a farmhand? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's all of the above, yeah. <laughs> and I've met, uh, I've met, like, 
ex-boyfriends of girlfriends that had heard about me and just imagined that I would be this really tough, scary fellow. And then they actually meet me and they're like, oh, I thought you would... I was... Shotgun... I, heard, I, I used to date Shotgun Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. And then you're just like this... You know, yeah, they're they're picturing you know a guy with tree trunks for arms or something, and then I show up. Yeah, yeah you have like a legendary name. I could see that. So you live in Sackville for a long time. You start playing with Fred Squire, and does Jay and Jay plays with you? Does Jay stay out there? No, goes Jay back? goes back to Toronto. So he goes back to Toronto. Plays starts playing with Do Makes They Think a lot. Right. Travels the world. Then I think that's how he got into playing with Feist. Right. From the whatever the, that Toronto crew okay and then you and Fred are playing uh, Shotgun and Jaybird and who else is in the band you got Paul Henderson yeah Paul joined the band because he he didn't know how to play drums but he joined as the drummer because he just wanted Fred and I to both be playing guitars oh like he I just th- thought it would be better like a he's like Tommy Ramone he was just like I'm going to make this happen because yeah. you have a thing and to facilitate it I will try to play the drums mm-hmm. was he a good drummer not really. Yeah, I liked him. Does he play on the records? Uh, yeah, yeah, he plays on both of the full-length records. The, 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 yeah, yeah. Seems fine to me. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good. Okay, and then, so that band goes on, and and you put out some records, and then Julie. Yeah, Julie joined the band. She saw us playing, and and she just moved to Sackville, and just th- thought it looked like we we're having fun, or she was like, I want to be in the band, and we were, of course. Was yes. That a, was, uh, so I mean, you're you when you came up. Uh, it sounds like you had a lot of uh, key musical moments that uh, you know inspired you and stuff like that. You saw some good shows, but you do seem to have a particular affinity for uh, the same kind of indie rock that I do, stuff from the '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I—I I know that we share a love of Stephen Malcolmus and Pavement. We've talked about that many times, uh, at least off the record or whatever. We bond over that. What about like Julie's work and Eric's trip or? Sloan or the Super Friends, like that whole Thresh Hermit, was that whole scene important to you? Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I was really starstruck when I met Julie and yeah, just, it, I didn't know how to absorb the information when she was saying, I want to be in your band. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So they, they were, were, Eric Strip were big for you? Oh yeah, Eric Strip for sure. Actually, I just put out a record in March and I have a song on it called Song for uh, Julie, Chris, Rick, and Mark. Yeah, you've got a few song on the new record that we're going to talk about. Um, well, well, we're talking about. Let me talk about the record. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. But no, but yeah, and that the reason for that is because they're they were such an they are an important band to me. I yeah. Still, yeah, I still listen to them, and um, and I, you're weirdly contemporaries of them now. Just Julie, really, and Chris. Chris, Chris, Chris and awesome. I yeah. will chat, or you know, like he mailed me out in a moon socket shirt. Yeah, I got yeah. a record. Someone sent me a Moonsocket record. Nice. Yeah. You got the um, shirt, I got the record. Nice. We should start a merch table. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay here in St. John's and start a merch table together. Yeah, Moonsocket <laughs> merch table. Uh, and yeah, and Rick is not in your orbit. Rick I've White. like said hi to him a couple times and been like really nervous and excited and stuff, but never hung out. I appreciate that you are uh, excited as a music player, as a musician you are very excited still as a fan that that like when we were in calgary together uh we happened to be there for sled island fest and stephen malcolmus was playing and you were beside yourself mm-hmm. really that one of your heroes was there and i got to t- talk to him and i think i told you about it yeah yeah and you were excited for me like you were yeah, like, yeah. I, li- I appreciate that you are a booster on some level like you appreciate when people 
are doing well and talking to people and you get excited about people vicariously yeah yeah yeah, a little bit where does that stem from for you like this you're a fanatic first right i guess yeah you've been doing this a long time you put out many great great records now people love you but you're still smitten like you're still which is great i mean i think a lot of us maintain that but you seem particularly excited still as a fan I don't know. Maybe that's naive or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's just you appreciate the culture, right? Mm-hmm. But do you feel? Do you ever feel like you're... Uh, I sometimes feel this way. Do you ever feel like you're more excited about stuff from that period in your life than you might be for newer stuff? Are you equally excited about newer stuff? I think I'm equally as excited. It just has to be the right thing. Like last night, I saw fake palms and hadn't seen them before. And I something like awoke in me, you know? Yeah. And I, Maybe it doesn't have happen as often as it did in high school when everything seemed new and, it, yeah, but it still happens. It still happens. There's a spark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. It's healthy because you mm-hmm. can get jaded. You've been doing this a long time. You, I can't emphasize that enough for some reason. <laughs> and you, uh, you've had ups and downs probably on the road. You know, like one show is amazing, and then the next show, a couple people show up. Probably that's happened to you, I imagine. Yeah. And you take the good with the bad, and it's all part of the deal. And uh, at some point, some people get jaded. Yeah, and you see lots of terrible bands. Right. And you also see a lot, you know, a few great bands. Right. Yeah. It's just like a scientific experiment going on the road. You yeah. You just never know what you're going to encounter. Yeah I, yeah. I like the I I like the access to amazing people. Like I was chatting with Charles Austin yesterday, and I had never met him before he's a legend it's so i i think it's i'm really happy to be in a position where we get to come to these festivals and and uh socialize with other artists that are doing and have done important work camaraderie and community seems very yeah very important to you definitely i think it's it's the it's my favorite part of of being on tour and it's the conversations that are that are had around these events not necessarily in directly related to the events but yeah the during the downtime yeah it's very windy right now by it the is way. can you I, hear in the microphone I, i'm probably people can hear it it's okay. hard for me to tell because i'm monitoring the sound but yeah i can't tell if it's just the natural wind the oh, yeah. ambient wind if you will <laughs> or the wind that's going through the microphones but hopefully everyone i can hear us we're right by the harbor it's by the lovely, way folks <laughs> yeah like you can see you see what is that signal hill up there yeah yeah that's signal hill yeah you can see the lighthouse or whatever the or what is that thing it's a it's not a lighthouse. It's a fort. Yeah, I think it's a shotgun turret. Did we walk up there together? <laughs> I think we have. We did, yeah. We walked up there maybe the first time I was in St. John's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lovely town. It's very picturesque. However, uh, I was astonished yesterday when the sun came out. Oh, yeah. It doesn't happen very often here. But I'm glad we're here together. It's nice. And like I say, we, we happen to be... I don't even remember. I, we've probably been in, like, New Brunswick and Newfoundland and Alberta together mm-hmm. more and we have been in Ontario somehow. definitely definitely it's like a weird situation with us yeah and it's we good. also also you have pointed out that you and I have a lot of the same fashion sense yeah we always have the same exact jacket like the same exact design model yeah company brand of jacket and now we're both wearing the same let's give them a plug <laughs> new balance sneakers basically. I know I know so we obviously have some kinship and we came up, I think, in the same way. I grew up in a suburb and yeah. wanted to, I liked all these clever, interesting music from around the world, and you were the same thing. 
And there's also the time we had the same campers at Sappy Fest. Did I have, was I wearing yeah, campers? We had, yeah, you and I both had the uh, the canvas ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They hurt my back. Ah. I had to stop wearing them. There's no support. No offense, campers. I put it. I put a arch lift in them. Yeah, I should have done that. Yeah. should have done that. I got a bad back. That's what yeah. happens when you get older. Anyway, we've digressed a little bit because of the wind, but I want to blow us back into the right <laughs> direction here. You are in Shotgun and Jaybird, and you're playing with Julie. And then that band dissolves, basically? Is that what happened? Yeah. It stopped going, and then you struck out on your own? Yeah. And Julie and Fred started playing It's Calm Down, It's Monday. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I just started going to Shotgun Jimmy. I mean, I'd recorded tapes as Shotgun Jimmy in high school and one CD as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, yeah. And 2007, I put out my first solo album so as i as i just said camaraderie community is important to you uh, by that extension being in a band isn't being in a, in a real band a unit probably yeah, is, yeah. is uh is something you appreciate was it hard to leave shotgun and jaybird behind it did also seem like your profile as a band was just rising when you stopped yeah 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 it was it was a real it was a true rock and roll story <laughs> with that band it just it could not go on oh, you know, really? it wasn't just like a, I think the best move for all of us would be to stop it was just it just got to that point where it had to end were, were you there was no choice was there some uh, uh, like did you not get along with obviously if Julie and uh, Fred decided to keep making music together yes. something happened it would look like it. that's what happened but I don't think that's really but what you happened you get along you still get oh, yeah, along we're, with we're everybody all, yeah. yeah yeah so it wasn't really a tension thing was it or it must have in a little bit it was just chaos. you know i don't want to dish too much it was just there was just too much chaos oh, okay. going on just in general and yeah you it just, was it we we're just we were flying too close to the sun with some <laughs> things and i yeah but i do recall like i just remember seeing the band i think i had reviewed the record for a magazine or something you did you did and then it stopped and then selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The next thing I knew, it was done. Yeah. Which I thought was weird because I was just falling in love with the band. Yeah, well, yeah. I It's disappointing, but... And you did do a, you reconvened with Fred for a show in Toronto. Yeah, last two, three, year, two years ago. Two yeah. years ago, yeah. So there's like a chance. No. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Julie, actually, just a few minutes ago, Julie and I sang a Shotgun and Jaybird song oh, in shoot. a bookstore. Oh, man, I missed over it. Over there. 
I was eating from uh, the EP. I was eating fish and chips. Oof. The Duke of Duckworth. My second trip. <laughs> sec, second trip to the Duke of Duckworth You're on gl- this trip. You're gluten for punishment. Oh, that's very <laughs> clever. Very clever. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. I don't feel it's fine. Don't get me wrong. I just feel a little like I shouldn't have done it. So, anyway, so you strike out on your own. Um, we kind of hinted at the notion that you are, I think, a very sincere guy, but there's a little bit of fun. There's fun in what you do, and uh, and we've hinted at the fact that some people might view you as a novelty act, even though you're not. Uh, you're just a guy who's fun, <laughs> and you have funny songs. Like, one of your early songs that caught my attention uh, was about um, pe- someone needing to wake up. And on some level, that's a, a really clever, funny song. Can you? Is that one of the first? Is that from the? No, that's from which? What's the? That's from the first record, from the only in two thousand seven. Right, and so you're starting to carve out an identity on your own. Did you have a sense of what you wanted to present to the world? In any way, like a conscious uh, aesthetic? I mean, I thought so at the time. I thought I knew exactly what I was doing. But now, when I look back at it, I see that I was trying a whole bunch of different things to sort of see what I liked or what was what really worked for me i think I, I always sort of worked that way with the exception of this last record they're sort of the albums are kind of a collage of a bunch of different ideas and sort of almost genres and stuff all mashed up i mean not that's not as extreme as like one song's a hip-hop song and one song's a new country song or anything like that no but, but the song i'm talking about which is called what's it called bedhead bedhead i, yeah, I yeah. lost track i'm sorry i'm a little sleep deprived and no I'm you're talking of, about a really old song it's i know but it's a good song it's a great song that was a weird hit like it yeah the other night i was hanging out with steve in sudbury steven lampke sorry in sudbury the <laughs> other night and he he was talking about ha- sudbury ontario yeah <laughs> Uh, he was, he was like, I want to be formal. Steve was like, you know what, Jim? I'm going to do a Steve voice. You know what, yeah. Jim? No, just kidding. I you can't. did don't my voice I earlier. Is that your impression of me? Yeah. Can you do it again? It's pretty good. I want to hear it. Hey, everybody. <laughs> no. That's what I sound like? No, no, no. I don't think that's Hey, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Lanya Vanya. Shotgun Jimmy's a terrible person. <laughs> that is a terrible impression of me and not a thing I would have said at all. Anyway... Thanks for doing an impression of me. No uh, one does impressions of me. Not to your face, anyway. I have a thing where I have a thing where people will tell me I sound like someone, and then like they'll be like, "You sound a lot like Ray Romano." Oh. And I'll say, "Ray Romano kind of sounds like like I do a, I try uh, to do a Ray Romano," and they're like, "Yeah, like that." I'm like, <laughs> "I just did a voice. Like I did that wasn't my real voice." And I get Kermit the Frog a lot. Oh. Hi ho! I can't uh, really. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> no one ever. I I do a pretty good Yoda. Do you do impressions? Uh, I do. I host karaoke in Brandon, and I do a Kermit the Frog one every oh, once wow. in a while. Well, it's just a Muppet one in general. Well, I like to go like, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. And I just use my normal voice, <laughs> but I, I use the Kermit enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You should try it tonight. Are you emceeing tonight? I am, but yeah. I could. Uh, here's, okay, here's, uh, let me try and do a Yoda. Oh. My Yoda is <laughs> not bad. Uh, let me just see if I can do it. Answer you will. Question will be asked. Like that's my Yoda. That's pretty good. That's not a bad Yoda, right? Yeah. It's like fairly strong. People. I think that's but a lot of people do Yoda, don't do they? they? I, I don't know. So. I feel like a lot of people do a lot of things. Yeah, I don't okay. think a lot of people do Yoda. Okay. I've been told my Yoda's pretty good. It is pretty good. Good it is, yes. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Uh we have really digressed here. I but it comes back to your first impulse, which is to do comedy. So I think it's actually a nice little knot that we've a bow that we've tied. Anyway, 
What were we talking about? Well, I was saying that Steve was talking about yes. how Bedhead was this weird anomaly because it went. I think it went up really high on the uh, radio charts. Yeah. Like back then there was Radio Three. Yes, that's right. And they had a chart, and it might have even gone like to one or two or something like that. And then the college radio as well. Yeah. Yeah, it went and. Uh, With the record would have and, well. and then there was a video for Bedhead that has like ten thousand views or something like. Or mo- more than that, 16,000? I don't know. Well, you wrote a song that was catchy and everyone can relate to. You wrote a song about waking up. Yeah. Going to sleep and waking up, it's just something we all relate to. Mm-hmm. And uh, you did it in a really clever... And it was a duet. Who was it a duet with? Ilsa Kramer. Who you? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, she was your uh, collaborative partner at the time. And, yeah. and it's great. It's a fantastic song. Do you still play that song? No, I don't. Because it's... I just... It's so far from what I do now that I just hadn't thought of it. It feels like it was from a different band or like person or something. It's got like a synthy thing. And yeah, and it's got like the drum beats like boop boop, And you know, like at the time I was thinking it was like a Yola Tango kind of sure. thing or whatever, but it, I don't know if it if that is really what it was. It was like my attempt at that kind of... It's sort of a folk implosion-y too. Like a little bit. It's not as grungy, but it's got that really interesting guitar solo. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I used to play that song uh, with Attack and Black a lot when I toured with those guys. Yeah. And I would uh, put a sleeping bag on uh, stage <laughs> and like get in it and lay down in there with the microphone, and then they'd start playing, and then I would like burst out of the sleeping bag and be like, "I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm ready to go." That's great. Yeah. There's always been theater in what you do. Yeah. A little bit. Showmanship. You like to put a bit of gimmicks. Gimmick. It's not gimmicks. It's showmanship. <laughs> you like to put on a show. You're a performer. Like, so you're. A, and anyway, so you, so you didn't have a real. You think you had a sense of what you were gonna do. That has shifted quite a bit. Yeah. And and can you can you capture it? Can you identify it? Because you've written a, a record now. It's called Field of Trampolines. Yeah. Field of Trampolines. That's a nice image. Mm-hmm. You've you've employed a beach ball. As some kind of... It's a globe. It's a globe. The world. Why is a beach ball a globe? Well, it it, sort of, it just... It relates to all this... A lot of the songs on the record. It's this visual connection... Oh. Through the themes of the tunes. How so? Well, like maybe the surface of the earth, if that's a globe, is a beach ball. It's like a field of trampoline, like oh. bouncing material that you could like shoot across. I see. I never and then there's a bunch of songs... I mean, this is just me making these connections. I don't know if they're... I don't know how much water they hold or whatever. But then there's a lot of songs about going to the beach, mm. um, going up to the lake, and then lots of songs about traveling the Earth, the planet. Right. You know, so there's the globe kind of thing okay. there. So it's about being on tour. There's a lot, there's a, quite a few summer themes and traveling themes, and then, and then there's a few of these tribute songs, like the song about Eric's trip and then I have a song about the Constantines a song about Attack and Black and a song about Project 9 so what compelled you to write tribute songs to these particular artists I think they're just love songs I mean oh, people love. think that they're tribute songs and like I even describe them that way but it's just like when you're in love you write about the thing that you love or whatever but it's not just a nominal connection you actually are writing about the, the subjects of the song songs yeah some there, there, there are love songs directed at those bands, yeah, those yeah. entities, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a very key part of what I think uh, your contribution to communities are, and I've hinted at this already. Like you have a generous spirit towards your peers and other people making great music. It's not that common somehow. 
a lot of us get really wrapped up in our own thing, right? You seem very much about projecting love towards people. Thanks. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, yeah. I don't... And to actually name check people in songs, it's unusual. It is, yeah. I think it's kind of a little dorky, but I also think dorkiness is sort of one of my signature moves. (laughs) There's a a couple of... uh, There's a Pavement song. I bring it back to Pavement. Uh, called Unseen Power of the Picket Fence. I don't know if I know that so one. So that song is on, it appeared originally on the No Alternative soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Or the, uh, the compilation, rather. And it's a song where they just talk about R.E.M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, one of those bands was R.E.M. That's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Flashback to 1983. Georgia. That's right, that's the song. And they just, he just, there's a whole verse where he just goes through their discography about what he likes and doesn't like. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, Malcolmus. I give him a lot of credit for this because I, I think it's a hard thing to pull off without sounding dorky or gimmicky, but he had a habit of one of their most notorious things was actually name checking Stone Temple Pilots and Smashing Pumpkins in that song Range Life. Oh, yeah. And like other than hip hop people who often will rap about another rapper mm-hmm. or name check them or diss them by name, that never really happened that much. I mean, I guess there's Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neil Young, like that's a key one, but it didn't happen that often. And I, so you weren't that into that song? Because I just, I feel like sometimes that kind of meta. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm talking about the culture that I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Thing is a thing you do. And I just wondered if that song was integral. It doesn't sound like. It, it isn't, but I mean, it might have been on some subconscious level or something, you know? Malcolmus is a key in your life, in, yeah. your, in your work. Yeah, yeah. And his approach. But, you know, so Steve Earle. Oh, you know? okay. <laughs> That's, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Steve Earle's a big influence. Yeah, yeah. I think he's an incredible songwriter. Or I like a few of his records a lot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And and do you see any through line between, <laughs> St- they're Steve's, their name's Steve, and then you work with Steve Lamke at You've yeah, Changed yeah, Records, yeah. so maybe it's just Steve. You just like guys named Steve. I do. <laughs> I actually do. I like that. I met that Steve guy who lives in Sackville now with uh, Heat Vision. Oh, I don't know that Steve. I don't. He's think. great. It's good. Really solid Steve. <laughs> <laughs> These you, are the Steves I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, you do. Uh, people who uh, work with you really like you and love you. And you did establish uh, after going solo. How soon into going solo did you kind of establish this rapport with Steve Lampy of the Constantines? Because he has a label that he started with Dan Romano, who of Attack at the time, who he's originally in the band Attack and Black. You mentioned kind of having a, a relationship with that band as well, and then Steve and Dan started You've Changed Records, and now you're among the signature artists of that label. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how that relationship started? The, the You've Changed one particularly, or the Steve one? Uh, they're well, not... I, they're not. Oh, they're not connected. Well, I was. They, I think I really got roped into you've changed because of attack and black more so than steve i was touring with them for two years straight almost they brought me with them everywhere and then they put out that's when we put out the first release on you've changed which was still jimmy still jimmy yeah so it was mostly because of attack and black yeah but i you've... mean steve and i were friends but we weren't when did steve and i become you started playing friends. on each other's records and stuff. yeah yeah I, I think it was just sort of a slow and organic friendship. Okay. Yeah. What does you've changed mean to you? 
That means a lot. <laughs> it really does. This is a, a great record label. It, it has a, a particular aesthetic on some level, but it's also, I think, pretty... Well, I mean, it seems like a community label, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I guess so. It's very few... I mean, lately they put out a record by Nap Eyes. I don't think Steve really knew those guys, or Steve and Dan. Yeah. Is Dan still involved as much? Yeah, yeah. Dan is? Okay, yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it is basically like a friend label. Yeah. But, no, well, they're pick like, if they didn't know Nap Eyes that well before they signed them or whatever, it, it's not just because, they're not just putting out their friends' records, I think they're putting out good records. Yeah, yeah. But I think you have to be a kind of a nice, you have to be good people to get on the label, too. Right. They're not just trying to make dollar bills. They're also trying to make, they're building a scene or a community or something, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And are you, do you have an active role on the label beyond being an artist? Uh, no. Uh, not really, but maybe as a spiritual advisor or something from time to time. Okay. You try to help. Yeah, I, and I offer to help. Like, I've booked tours for other bands on the label by saying, like, I want to be more involved in the label. What can I do? Oh, this person needs that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, I might make videos for some other bands on the labels, too. Colin Medley and I have been talking about that. Oh, okay. We collaborated on my last video, and then we're... Th- talking well we should do something for someone else on yc okay yeah. so, so you're involved in the label as well okay a little bit D- is the label doing okay yeah yeah it feels yeah like it's in good shape oh yeah well and then there's a new partner record coming out oh nice yeah and then uh, some other secret i mentioned something to you before but that was in confidence <laughs> uh it'd be awkward uh, <laughs> if i brought it up now wouldn't it <laughs> no don't do it uh, should i bring it up on stage yeah maybe tonight. later okay yeah yeah i ran into the the secret uh, record uh, person and I, he or she was very ex- excited about the prospect of the release uh, yeah. as well. So, that's so there's nice. some new acts on the label and like Nap Eyes and Partner that are just blowing up and like yeah. Nap Eyes has just been tour- touring all over North America and on the charts for like two months that straight or something. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's exciting for me to have label mates that are doing well and the label's doing well and I'm excited about the music and the community and stuff. Yeah. I feel like I'm on a, the winning team or something, you know? Yeah, and I, I want to bring this back to Field of Trampolines because you, we kind of, I've talked a little bit to you about your the meta aspects of some of your writing. I think there's some nostalgia in your writing. There's a lot of reflection. What is this record saying about you and your, at this point in your life? Do you have, have you thought about that much? I haven't thought about that that much. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> do you process? Do you ever, like, sometimes when you make a thing and it's out finally mm-hmm. for public consumption, you're kind of, and you learn about the songs a little bit more as you're playing them on stage, but it does seem to me that you're paying tribute to things, you, uh, particular people in your community that you're in love with, as you say. And then beyond that, there's some. Um, stuff about being at the beach and yeah i know i know traveling i mean it's a there's a fun aspect to it it's a joyous record which is a good that's a good thing that's a healthy healthy thing i just wonder if i mean things are good in your life right yeah yeah things are good in my life i have been thinking about like about how cynic like a cynical attitude is sort of in style in some respects so maybe it's a bit of a reaction to that you know like the the idea of hipster culture sort of being tied into being sarcastic like a sarcastic mustache wearing like cynic or whatever 
this record is very much the opposite of that. Yeah, and those ideas are they're supposed to they're supposed to be uh, sincere. Like I'm thinking about sincerity a lot. Join the band. Those. Yeah. Join the band. Like it's it, to me like on one level the cynic in me is like the 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 parenthetical before that would be like shut up and <laughs> join the band. Like do something. Yeah. And and so on some level it's a motivational record mm-hmm. to me. Like when I when I've spent time with it and thought about it I'm like oh like this is meant to inspire people. And you're saying that's kind of where your head's at with it. Yeah, I think so. In the face of doubt, mm-hmm. adversity, because people of our vintage, of our age, uh, when they've been doing something, things like we do, particularly in this realm, you know, it, at some point you reflect upon it, and you. I don't. Have you ever had a doubt? Do you ever like, what am I doing with myself? Not very often. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty lucky that way. I mean, I put all my eggs in one basket pretty early. Like, got out of high school just started playing music didn't go into any sort of post-secondary education and uh work jobs that i knew would free up time so that i'd be able to be on tour like my all my focus has sort of always been on on playing music and making records in a way that the more the longer that i invested in that idea the deeper i got into having to make it work yeah without any backup plan or whatever so it's the odd moment where uh, maybe not even. No. Been pretty, pretty dedicated, nonstop. Did you not go back to school for something? I did, but that's. I'm looking at that more as enriching. Oh, okay. Rather than retreating or what, something. What do you study? Fine art. Fine art. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, and it totally connects directly to my creative work as a musician. Is it uh, is it the practice of fine art or is it like the history of fine art? Are you studying the practice? I'm doing a BFA. You're making stuff. Painting, yeah. Oh, and that's it. But I'm studying a lot of history too. Okay, yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. It's a, it's a whatever. It's a comprehensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Degree. I also taken astro- astronomy. Oh, how's that? Yeah, great. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of Malcolmist uh, lyrics connected to, like quasar. There's a quasar in and the, the like, quasar yeah. in the mist. Yeah, and like yeah. I've just noticed in it. Yeah, a lot of the astronomy lectures, I'd be like, oh, he. He grabbed. The, he must have taken astronomy. That guy. Know? That guy. I think uh, either reads the right books or is just really smart. Yeah. He seems. Uh, there's a few people like that where I think they're just David Berman. Like they just probably are. They're well read and they're educated mm-hmm. and and it comes through in their work. Whereas yeah. I find that if I were to write a song right now, I wouldn't draw upon some of those things that I've learned. And I like. I feel like I learned stuff and some of it just left. Mm-hmm. It must be. Are you in school now? Yeah, yeah, right now. So is that you? Like the old guy in the class? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that okay? Like Chevy Chase in the community. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> what are you guys tweeting over there? You, you know, I actually the one thing that happened to me this year was I was like talking to one of my profs and saying something about one of the other students and saying like I don't know I emailed her like three times and he just looked at me and went they don't email man. <laughs> they text like why would you email her and i was like oh weird they don't email doesn't texting seem more intimate to you yeah like getting someone's phone number yeah it used to be a thing right hey what's your number yeah that was yeah, like that long. was a thing you used to say right because yeah. you want to connect with someone and now it's true yeah. like people are always just like here's my number mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i gotta text you now like that's email seems a little more distant like i don't you're not gonna call me all of a sudden i don't know it's a weird part of the Maybe I'm just being a prude or something. 
so many i've heard so many people in the last two years say oh i never check my email yeah which is just to me it's absurd yeah it does seem absurd it's still like i can't i mean i have this phone and i can't send you a giant file on my phone as easily as i can my email exactly my my phone will just be like no way buddy sorry or how will you get your phone bill or your yeah your water bill or right you know (laughs) you don't look at the email i mean i have email on my phone don't get (laughs) me wrong i I can look at it but some stuff it just doesn't work as well yeah yeah so i'm like i'm a hybrid anyway it's a stupid i sometimes worry that i'm old and out of touch but the texting thing did we text for this yeah we texted yeah okay i thought about calling you at one point though oh wow just to because then you just less texting you're just like where are you let's go there okay sounds great (laughs) can happen that fast or it could take five minutes with texting yeah it's true it's true anyway uh what is uh, next for you per se you're leaving st john's tomorrow yeah and then i'm going to do an artist residency in sackville for eight days at the struts at uh it's it's through sappy fest and it's happening at the thunder and lightning bar oh okay and above it there's a there are five studio spaces up there you're doing an art what does that mean you're gonna live there for a while yeah and there'll be like michael fierstack will be there and uh paul henderson and uh amy amy savagers how is seagal seagal Got it. Amy Seagal will be yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a good way of getting to her Sorry. Name. No, it's fine. Don't apologize. I hope she's not listening right now. Uh, I'm sure she isn't. Um, Very few people do. <laughs> uh, who else? Graham Patterson. A whole bunch. Of, like, there's visual so, artists. Mitchell Weeb. How long are you there? Eight days. Oh, Mitchell Weeb. He's good. Yeah, yeah. I like that So guy. is Graham. They're yeah. all good. Mitchell did a thing. Uh, is he in Sackville? No, but he's coming for the residency. He's in Montreal, I think, maybe? Mitchell? I don't know. I think. Yeah, he's a good... That guy's good. He's good yeah. at stuff. Okay, so you do that, and then... Then I head out on tour out to southern Ontario, and then eventually out west as far as Vancouver. I'm playing Sled can you, Island again this year. Can you roughly uh, give us a, a, a date that, that some of that activity starts? Like yeah. the touring activity? Yeah, so the end of May, like okay. right at the end of May, and then through the beginning of June, I'll be in southern Ontario. Okay. And then I'm taking a week off to go to Iceland... Oh. Just for vacation. Wow. And then then in time for Sled Island, I'll be out west. And Moso Fest. Moso Fest. You don't know that one? That's, oh, that's in a good one. Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great one. And then I do a few f- other festivals in July. Arboretum. No, it's in August. Okay. Anyways. And that's Sa- in Ottawa, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll be at Sappy. Right. Uh, not playing, but... Oh, we may be playing a little secret show. No, no. Oh. No, no, no. Not playing It's Happy. Yes, I am. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be It's Happy. They are not hiring me. Is, I can guarantee you that is much. Is there some kind of reconstituted band that might... Uh, oh, no. No, no. No, no, no. Just it might be a secret show. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I might okay. play in the bar or something. Oh, okay. At 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Something will happen. Anyways. Is there like a Nuit Blanche thing happening at Sappy or something? Or you just? Oh, I don't know. You Maybe just happen to be up at. I might make pancakes and oh, I don't okay. know. Who knows? Sappy's a great time. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back at some point. Oh, you should come this year. I got that family. It's hard. It's complicated. Yeah. I want to come back. I used to go all the time. It's a beautiful drive to Sackville, New Brunswick, from my home in Ontario. People should go to Sappy Fest. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that that's still going. Yeah. Okay. And then I got Europe, three weeks. Oh, good for you. Right before I go to school, and yeah, it's going to be great. Mostly Germany, a little bit of. Uh, 
You have Czech Republic and written, Switzerland and written, stuff. You've written some very cool songs about Germany and, and Europe. You That, that uh, touring that you did there made a huge impression on you. Yeah, big time. Yeah. I'm going back, get some more material, <laughs> eat some more cheese. That's that's good. That's great. Well, listen, I, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for being on this windy episode of my show. Oh, thanks for having me. Did you have fun? I had a great time. I laughed pretty hard a few, a a few times. times. A couple of times. Yeah. It's not my goal to make you laugh necessarily. No. Well, it's you're just... a funny guy too. Oh, thanks. I you do know. my best. Have you ever thought about doing stand-up? Occasionally I've done it here and there. Oh, you have? It doesn't go that great. That's well, I'm, not try, I'm trying to figure out the material is the big thing. And then what I figured out at one point is that the material is really... Good material is very important, but it's almost 40%. It's the attitude. It's the stance. Mm-hmm. I gave up on doing uh, the monologues for my talk show because I couldn't do them right. I didn't like how I was... It wasn't even that I wrote them poorly. I didn't think. Because I would send them to people, and they'd be like, yeah, that's funny on the page. Mm-hmm. It was just the confidence in delivering it. That's a huge part of it. Whereas now you've seen the talk show. Yeah, yeah. If I'm just interacting with someone, I seem to be okay. Yeah, yeah. You, on my feet. Like, yeah, I like, exactly. I can find the joke somehow in that moment easier than I can sitting down to write it. Mm-hmm. Which gives me a complex about my ability to perform. Because I think the, sometimes the writing is fine. It's just that I didn't do it right. Do you ever have that with a song where you're like, this song's great, but I can't pull it off live? Uh, not necessarily, but I do. I never pre, I never prepare banter, but I do. My show does rely heavily on uh, like interaction with the audience and banter, and I'm usually going for jokes too a lot of the time, and I'm I always feel like the best stuff happens when you're just making it up Riffing on the spot it. Yeah. because that's when you can react to what, like the mood in the room and like. You know, it's a complex thing to really, it, to really engage with a crowd. I feel like a, a, a crowd, a, an astute crowd, knows when you're, you're giving them prepared banter. Yeah. And that's what a monologue, a joke monologue or a stand-up routine is. Mm-hmm. I did come up with a joke that I did on a couple of successive nights where I would introduce a band I didn't know and say, uh, here's a band. I don't know who they are. I don't know if they're good. And that always got a laugh. Yeah, yeah. And then I did it. It got a huge laugh the first night. It's like a stupid joke. And then I did it some semblance of it the second night. Bigger laugh. And you're like, oh, that's yep. a thing I could probably use. But otherwise, that happened in the moment and whatever. It's weird. Comedy is weird. You can mine those 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 improvised moments for stuff to use yeah. later. Yeah. And you've probably done it too. A like, little bit. Yeah. When you're on the, on the road and you're playing a different city. Yeah, but I mean, I really, t- I really don't like the idea of bands that use the same, yeah, sure. the identical one every night, I, especially I when you're on tour with a, a band. Yeah, or you they, see them, catch them a few times, and they're, and they're trying to sell it as if it's this thing that just occurred to them or yes, whatever. Yes, it's brutal. It's embarrassing to. I know Christine Fellows once was touring with someone who did that, and she drove her bonkers. Yeah, that he would just say the same thing and get the same reaction. Like, but that's what, it, the, the, on the other side of it, that's what stand-up is. You're honing an act. Yeah. It'd be weird if you, as a musician, were expected to like write a whole new song every night, like or present a whole, a whole new song that you yeah. just came up with. Like, of course, it's going to be sort of similar. Anyway, we're this is a, I was trying to wrap it up. Oh yeah, you were wrapping. Got the big picture stuff all of a sudden. Sorry. Time. No, this was fun. And uh, is there a song from Field of Trampolines we should go out on, Jim? Oh, let's go with the title track. Okay. Field of Trampolines. Why did that come to mind? Just because it's easy? <laughs> I think it's the best one. You think it's the best song? <laughs> well, it's it. Yeah, it might be. It's okay. really nice. I like it. You like it? Yeah. It, it captures you. No, it's it's the weird. It's the only. It's a standout on the record. It's the only sort of psychedelic, loose pop psychedelic song, 
doesn't really represent the record well, but I still think that oh, your okay. listeners would like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is Feel the Trampolines by Shotgun Jimmy, the title track from his new album, Jim. Pleasure, as always, to talk to you. Thanks for making time for me in St. John's. Beautiful, windy, not-so-sunny St. John's. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too. In the fields of the title track from the new Shotgun Jimmy album which is an excellent one it's called Field of Trampolines it's out now by You've Changed Records I'd like to thank Jim for being on the show and uh, spilling some beans and talking about stuff I, I had a good time with this one and you can learn more about Jim and his tour dates he's touring a lot in the next little while and, and you can also learn about how to pick up his records at shotgunjimmy.net that's another episode of this show, Creative Control of Ishikana, which if you want to learn more about it, if you want to download it, stream it, play it somehow, it's on iTunes, it's on audioboom.com. We have a Patreon page where you can make a monthly flexible donation. There's a newsletter you can subscribe to. We're on Facebook. It, you know, Creative Control of Ishikana is on Facebook. We're on Twitter, at Vish Creative. I'm on Twitter, at Vishkana. A version of this show airs every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time on CFRU.ca around the world and 93.3 FM in Guelph and the uh, surrounding area. And you can learn about all of these things in greater detail at my website, vishkana.com. So yeah, that's the show. And that's uh, all I have to say for now. I will talk to you very soon. Okay? Okay. Goodbye for now.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.